The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Last time that I checked, this is still one of the hottest new podcasts covering the Atlanta Hawks. And welcome or welcome back to the show here on the Hoop Ball Network, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, September 8th. And I know it's been a bit. And if you missed the last episode, I had a death in the family and I took some time away to be with my family and handle some other affairs in my personal life. And I appreciate all of those who reached out during this time. It is deeply, deeply appreciated. But we are doubling back as we got this episode today. And then in a few days, I will be joining Will from Hoop Balls, the All Rookie Podcast, to recap the summer for the Atlanta Hawks and with the NBA season in particular, the season opener for the Atlanta Hawks, almost six weeks away. It'll be six weeks tomorrow. We're gearing up for the start of training camp here on hoop ball Hawks preseason. And of course the season opener against the Dallas Mavericks. And when they come into town to the state farm arena today, We are going to preview my personal top five players who are going to be crucial to the Hawks' success next year. And I will also give my top three games I'm looking forward to in October for the Hawks. And we're going to get into all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% Deposit match bonus 100%, just like an A plus in school. Hopefully, you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. 
All right, and we are back. Now, as I stated before the break, the season is six weeks from tomorrow. As I said, I'm recording this on Wednesday, September 8th. Six weeks from tomorrow, the Hawks tip off 7.30 Eastern time on TNT versus Luka Doncic in the Dallas Mavericks. Last year, the Hawks exceeded everyone's expectation. That's no secret. And I gave lofty predictions for this team for this upcoming season. And if you did not hear my last podcast where I broke down the season and gave my prediction, please stop this program right now. Go back, check it out, and then come back to this one. Last year, the Hawks' new additions really lifted his team. We're talking about Bogey, Gallo, the rookie, Oyeka Okongwu, Lou Will. Trey Young did Trey Young things. John Collins stepped up as a leader, even when things got crowded around him on his roster with more talent. And I still don't think we give him enough credit for what he did last year. He took a step back, but stepped forward in other regards to help this team flourish. And this is why he deserved to get paid, young brother, get paid this summer. Was it the max that he was looking for? No. But I'm glad that he took a pay cut to come back to Atlanta. And last year, the Hawks were not fully healthy pretty much the entire season. Ken Reddish missed 46 games out of 72. 46 games. DeAndre Hunter missed 49 games. Bogey missed 28 games. Oyeko Okongwu missed 22 games. And will miss a considerable amount of the early part of this upcoming season as well. The Hawks battled a lot of adversity last year. And that's going to come up in every season for Every team, there's going to be some adversity that some team is going to have to, you know, jump over that hurdle to get to where they need to go. Hell, people in real life face adversity on a weekly or daily basis. But for the Hawks, outside of Okongu going into the season, the team is pretty healthy going into training camp. Knock on wood. And I will give my top five players who are going to be crucial if this team is going to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, this list is hard. Why? Because, well, you hope everyone improves from last year to this year and lifts the team. Like, that's what everybody wants, of course. Trey Young, he's a given. If Trey's not Trey, or God forbid, Trey's not on the court, this is a completely different Hawks team. He will be excluded from this list. And while we're on the topic of Trey Young, shout out Trey Young, doing a lot of great things this summer, really enjoying his time off, but also getting in the gym, making people in pro-am games look bad for talking to him. And he just hitting game winners like Trey Young does. But the only thing that I want to see from Trey Young this upcoming season, as far as improvement, is improving his efficiency. Last year, he averaged four turnovers per game, and he had the third most total turnovers in the league behind Russell Westbrook and Luka Doncic. He shot 34% from three last year, almost 44% from the field, and 
Trey had to do a lot last year. I'm going to say this now. He had a lot to battle. He had a lot to work through. He had some injuries himself. His roster wasn't full or complete pretty much the entire year. So he had to do more. So the efficiency aspect as far as last year is kind of arbitrary. Yes, you want him to improve those numbers. Yes, you don't want four turnovers a game. You want to see him shoot closer to 37, 38% from three. Maybe from the field, shoot closer to 48%, 49% if you can get there. But like I said, he had to work through chemistry issues, coaching changes, injuries. In less than the year prior, obviously, they added the talent to the roster this past year, but injuries, like I said, that added pressure to him to do more and create more for this team. And I'm hoping, and I know we are expecting with a healthy roster and people around him improving, in turn, it will improve his numbers, his efficiency. So with all that being said, He's excluded from the list. We know what we want to see from Trey Young. Now we're going to talk about the top five players who will be crucial to the Hawks' success next year. Number five on my list. This may come as a surprise, but number five for me is Gorgie Dang, the free agent signing. And here's why. He's going to be crucial because, as I mentioned before, Oyeko Kongo is going to be out for approximately four and a half more months until he gets to be able to return to an NBA game. And it will be nice to have Okongu and dang healthy, to have some depth behind Capella and Collins, and it doesn't throw Jalen Johnson into the fire as quickly. So with Okongu's absence, by default, Gorgie Dang is going to get Okongu's minutes. And we need him off the bench, too. And this is why we signed Gorgie Dang. Stretch the floor, rim protect, grab rebounds, and block shots. Simple as that. I think I was kind of redundant with rim protect and block shots, but you know what I mean. We need him to defend, stretch the floor, and provide a lift from the four or five position, wherever we're slotting him at, when he comes into the game for the Atlanta Hawks. We need him to be a stabilizing and energizing force in that front court off the bench. Last year, between the San Antonio Spurs and the Minnesota Timberwolves, he averaged 14 and a half minutes per game. Shot 43% from three-point range, grabbed almost four rebounds per game, had a steal per game, not great in the blocks, 0.4 blocks per game. A decimal point, yee. And he's not as active on the defensive end as we would hope as far as bringing in a free agent signing at the four or five position. Especially when it comes to blocking shots. And I like the steal per game, but the block shots with him being 6'10", 6'11", is pretty underwhelming. And... When he's healthy, he's going to be playing alongside of Oyeko Okongu, which is going to be great. With Dang's offensive game to stretch the floor, Okongu likes to be closer to the basket, a little bit more explosive, can grab rebounds, those put-back dunks. 
I think that's going to be great symmetry between those two. And I think Dang is going to be good alongside of Jalen Johnson as well with his athleticism playing closer to the rim. And we saw a glimpse of his game in the summer league, but until he plays in the NBA game alongside of pros in our system, it's yet to be seen for Jalen Johnson as a rookie. I think highly of him. I think defensively he's going to come in and be really good to start off. I think he'll grow offensively. He already has the intangibles, the jump shot, the little bit of repertoire offensively to project him to be a pretty good player in this league, but he's still a rookie, still hasn't played a game. Capella and Collins as well, I think Dane could play alongside both of them. But like I said, Okongu's absence in significant bench minutes before my rookie last year, with him gone, we need Dang to step up really on the defensive end. Last year, Okongu averaged 12 minutes per game. And Nathan Knight averaged eight and a half. And Bruno Fernando averaged seven minutes per game when they both played, I might add. And now both Fernando and Nathan Knight are gone. Fernando's up in Boston. Nathan Knight with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dang is going to be crucial, especially in the early part of the season, in Okongu's absence. And whenever Okongu does return, I think the first several games, Dang is still going to be crucial because Okongu is going to be getting in game shape, getting back into the flow of things. This is not new from Okongu. He did this last year in his rookie year. Started the season a little bit later due to injury, and it did take him a couple of weeks. But then once he started to get it, he really started hitting his stride and improved game after game after game. But dang, we need Gorgie to go out there and do his thing in Okongu's absence. That's why he's number five as far as crucial to the Hawks' success for this upcoming season. Number four, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter, before he got hurt last year, was great in my opinion, even after missing 49 games last year, DeAndre Hunter was still fifth on the team in scoring at 15 points per game. He scored more points per game than Kevin Herter, Danilo Gallinari, Cam Reddish, and Lou Will. He grabbed almost five rebounds per game, shot 86% from the free throw line, 48% from the floor, a little underwhelming, 33% from three-point range, but... We all know what he could do on the defensive end. And the best thing about DeAndre Hunter, when healthy, he's very consistent. We saw that in his rookie year. Very steady hand when he's in the lineup. We saw that last year before he got hurt. Very steady, consistent hand and even overperformed in some games where some players out in his confidence. He's a very confident player. He always makes the right plays and it took a step up last year and really, in my opinion, was going to be in the conversation for most improved player of the year in the conversation. I don't think he would have won it, but if he played closer to a full year last year, he's definitely in the running, no doubt about it. With some other players on the Hawks roster, streaky, and I'm going to mention a couple of them a little bit later in this list, a consistent DeAndre Hunter can be a stabilizing force for the Hawks offensively 
as a staple as far as getting his points, getting his minutes, and what he can do and his confidence growing. We know he can knock down jump shots. We know he can shoot the three. We know he can get to the cup and shoot the shoot well from the free throw line. But defensively, like I said, I love his confidence, especially on the defensive end, his ability to guard the best wings on the opposing team. Mm, wings sound good right now. Anyway, guarding the best wings on the opposing team, I love his confidence to take some big shots, even when contested. He is a great luxury to have and Getting DeAndre Hunter back, especially on the defensive end, is going to be a tremendous lift for this Hawks team this season. And I felt that with Reddish and Hunter out for most of the season in the playoffs last year, that the small forward position was the weak spot on our team. This is no shot at Snell in Solomon Hill. They did what they had to do to fill in. And we still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But we would be crazy to say that the small forward position was a strength of the Hawks without DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. With them back, and let's just, I'm speaking on Hunter now. Cam Reddish is coming. With just Hunter back, this is a step in the right direction for this team. And I said this on the program, I said this. You know, privately in front of friends when I'm watching, you know, the NBA Finals this past year. Sitting back and watching Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges for the Phoenix Suns do their thing. Maybe think, damn, what if Hunter and Reddish were healthy for this Hawks team? What if, like the new Netflix show, the Marvel show. Great show, by the way. Great show. If you're a Marvel fan, I... I'm telling you, go check out What If on Disney+. Plus. You will not be disappointed. But our What If here in Atlanta Hawks land is, what if DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish were healthy last year? Mm. Can't wait to see a full year of them playing and growing together. Put it down. Mark it. Number three, this could be a surprise for some people as well, but hear my logic out. John Collins is number three as far as crucial players for the Hawks' success for next year. I'm going to say this now, and I'm putting this up to the to the big man upstairs, to the Cosmos, whoever you guys put these revelations, whatever you want to call it, up to. I'm going to put this out there now. I don't want John Collins being another player who got his bag and then disappeared in the NBA. We've seen it in all sports, people who get paid and then they don't perform up to that contract. Do I think that's going to be John Collins? No. I think he has the drive to be the best John Collins that he can be and help his team to win. And this is why we need him to continue to make strides in both regards. Because when John Collins is good, the team benefits. John Collins re-signed, the team benefits. Typically, if you go back, when John Collins scores more than 19, 20 points, Hawks generally win the game. They generally win. I want to continue to see him make strides as a player. Last year, he averaged almost 18 points per game, seven rebounds, a block per game, 
shot 83% from the free throw line, which was great for a big man. Shot 61% from two-point land and almost 40% from the three-point line. Average 12 shots a game. And like I said, all last year, the magic number for me is John Collins getting 13 shots. Is that going to happen with Bogey and some others? Reddish and Hunter healthy? I don't know if we're going to get that from him. But what we need from John Collins is just continue to fill his role night in, night out, and go hard in that role. His role will not be the same game, game in, game out. It's not. With all the other pieces on this roster, with all the other mouths to feed on this roster, in a perfect world, yes, I would love to see John Collins get the second most shots on this team because what he can do around the rim and his ability to shoot the three. But there are other mouths to feed. And John Collins is an ultimate team player. He is going to do what he needs to do to help this team win. And this is why, in my opinion, he reminds me of a mixture of Paul Millsap and Josh Smith, two former Atlanta Hawks. Millsap may not have led the team in scoring every night. He did more nights than he didn't. But what he did was produce winning basketball. He always made the right plays, the timely plays, the clutch plays. We've seen this already from John Collins. And then the Josh Smith aspect, the athleticism, highlight real plays to spark the team and spark the crowd in crucial times, that emotional leader. John Collins does that as well. And last year, Look back at some of the games in the moments. John Collins making big stops on the defensive end, knocking down timely threes, taking advantage of mismatches in the post and going to work. Those energy plays, those hustle plays, being that emotional leader on his team. We need John Collins to continue to do that and continue to take steps forward in that role. Every single night he touches the floor. You can't take a night off. Can't fade into the shadow. If you're fading into the shadow, you better be doing some other things. You better be getting some boards. You better be blocking shots. You know, getting down, getting dirty. Be ready on the three-point line when your number is called. Those things. I'm not relegating John Collins to a role player, but we know what his skill set is. And we know that other players are going to need their opportunities on this team to get themselves going. John Collins needs to be his own energizer bunny and an energizer bunny night in and night out for this Hawks team. Whatever it, whatever it takes, whatever is needed, you got to do what you got to do to help your team win John Collins. And when everyone else is healthy, if John Collins is still averaging 19 points and eight rebounds, maybe a block and a half per game next year, still shooting great from two point range and, a 40% three-point shooter, this is going to be a pretty damn good team again next year if he is producing these numbers. That's why he is crucial as far as whatever role is called upon for him game in and game out. Number two for me, he's no surprise on this list. Some people may have him number one. I got him number two, Cam Reddish. We need a healthy year of Cam Reddish. And play on 
you know, Playboy Cardi's album. We need a whole lot of radish. Shout out David Bracey. <laughs> Don't that reference out. But we need Cam Reddish to play in an 82-game season. I need to see 66 games out of Cam Reddish. I need to see it this year. We need what we saw in those last two playoff games consistently from Cam Reddish. We need to see that confidence, that defensive prowess, the shot making, the athleticism, and all that we know Cam Reddish can be. We've seen it in sparks. We need to see it consistently from him. And people in my personal life, they call me a Cam Reddish skeptic. I'm not a skeptic of Cam Reddish. I'm a realist. And what is real is the games that he's missed since he's been in the NBA. What is real is that he does not have the film that Herder and Hunter have. That's real. That's that's not I'm not fabricating that. That's real. And I know what he can be. I can see him potentially as a Paul George type player. You may laugh at Paul George, but you know when Paul George is on, he's one of the better players in this league. He's easily when he's on, he's a top 20 guy in this league. That's not a stretch. We just need to see this from an extended period. Right now, he's on the chopping block. I know. You, it, some people were like, really? On the chopping block? He has so much potential. The NBA, yes, you draft on potential, but you got to produce. You got to produce. And we've seen he's been shopped around over the last year. We need him healthy to prove what he can do. He's auditioning for his role for the future on this Atlanta Hawks team. So is Kevin Herter. But Kevin Herter is not in the same boat, in my opinion, as Cam Reddish. And that's why Cam Reddish is on this list and Kevin Herter is not. It goes back to what I said. Cam Reddish needs more tape to look back on. We have tape on, on Kevin Herter. Okay? That's why I say in 66 games, if he plays 66 games this year, and he scores 16, 17 points per game, grabs six rebounds per game, shoots 37% from the three-point line, and he continues to guard at a high level, at times one, but solidly and confidently positions two through four with his intangibles, whether he's coming off the bench or starting in games based on defensive assignments. I kind of foresee that him and Bogey going to probably interchange based on who they're playing, and who is going to be the opposing 2-3 two guard and obviously the small forward on the other team where you shuffle DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. But you know, like I said, that's for the regular season. We need to be able to say after this upcoming season, when Cam Reddish is in the game, we can expect blank. That's That's the statement. Right now, I want to challenge you Hawks fans who listen to this program or NBA fans who, or people who are Cam Reddish fans. Right now, when Cam Reddish is, is in the game, when they put him in the game, call his number. Right now, we can expect what? I want you to fill that statement in. And I want you to send that to me on Twitter. I'm going to give you my Twitter again at the end of the program. I'm going to give it to you. This will be for him to answer. You guys can send me your answers all you want, but this statement is for Cam Reddish to fill out next year. He felt good enough not to participate in the summer league. 
I get that. He's had an offseason to get healthier, stronger, and better. And I'm excited to see what we're going to get from Cam Reddish because in a Hawks uniform, and I'm going to say this again, in a Hawks uniform in his young career, this year coming up is the most important year for Cam Reddish. He knows it. The Hawks organization knows it. And as people who support the Hawks, we need to know it and vocalize it as well. This is the most important year for Cam Reddish. And as much as I'm putting a lot on Cam Reddish, and you're like, man, he's only number two. Because number one, he has some roles that he needs to fill for this Hawks team as well. Number one for me is Bogey, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's number one on my list. Why? Yes. You're going to be like, he was third on the team in scoring last year. Yes, I get that. Yes, he provided the Hawks with scoring when we needed especially when people were out, injuries occurred, foul trouble to some other guys, he stepped up. But there's also games where he faded away. He was streaky. He's a streaky player just like Cam Reddish at times. But his three-point shooting, you can look at the numbers. Numbers do not lie. Close to 44% from the three-point line last year. His playmaking ability, we saw that. His ability to dribble, we saw that. His aggressiveness and confidence, we saw that. The reason he's number one on my list is because Hawks fans, we don't have Brad Bill. We don't. I know we wish we did. I mean, hell, I do too. But we don't have Brad Bill. We don't have Zach Levine. He's our two guard. We need him to be a guy, the guy, outside of Trey Young and John Collins as far as consistency on his team. We need Bogey to be that third option. And I will not utter the phase big three because the Hawks have several guys on this roster on a given night who can be that third option. I mentioned obviously two more of those types of players on this Hawks roster on this list tonight in Reddish and Hunter. But Bogey has to be that guy more nights than not. Not because of what he can do as far as scoring the ball, but his ability to create for others and take some pressure off of Trey Young. If he's coming off the bench, be that scorer off the bench alongside DeLon Wright. If you're in the starting lineup, you know, knock down shots when you're supposed to. Use your ability to penetrate and your shot-making ability, which is going to pressure and draw the defense to you to open up other opportunities for other players on this Hawks roster. It's year two in this system. I want to see what growth Bogey makes within this system. We need him healthy as well. He battled some injuries off and on throughout last season. We need to see Bogey really, like I said, take the reins on that number three option more nights than not for this Hawks team. Not just scoring, opening up things for others. As I said before, when Bogey is knocking down shots, it opens the floor for everyone else on this Hawks roster. And if he's finding others while he's knocking down shots, this team is more dangerous. He only averaged three assists last year. Now, DeLon Wright is going to get his share of assists this upcoming season. That's a given. But if Bogey can average four and a half assists this year while still scoring 18 points per game, Watch out Eastern Conference because the Hawks will not be a one-hit wonder. We're not Carly Rae Jepsen here, 
Okay. We're trying to build something. All right. We're trying to build our catalog, our respect, our repertoire, whatever you want to call it. We're trying to build for something greater and we're getting close. This is the valuation period right now for this upcoming season to figure out who's going to be here for the long haul. Bogey plays a crucial role in this process going forward. So those are my top five players who are crucial to the Hawks' success for next year. Gorgie Dang at five, DeAndre Hunter at four, John Collins at three, Cam Reddish at two, and Bogey at one. I'm interested to hear your list as well, so feel free to shoot those to me on Twitter. Let's have a conversation. Let's let's get to talking. The season's coming around the corner. As I said, six weeks from tomorrow, we're, we're practically about to get ready for training camp in a couple of weeks. It's going to be here before we know it. Hawks basketball is going to return before we know it, and these players know it. That's why they're grinding this summer. These coaching staff, this coaching staff, they're not, you know, Sitting in Turks and Caicos drinking, you know, coconut milk out of a straw right now. They're preparing and gearing up for this NBA season. There's going to be another sprint, another haul. Every season's like that. So we're looking forward to it here at Hoop Ball Hots. That's why we wanted to talk about that. And we're going to switch gears and talk about, in my opinion, the three most important slash games I'm looking forward to to start off this early part of this season. In the month of October, it's only a month away. And I'm excluding the season opener from these games here in October. Why? As I said, the Hawks have their season opener, home opener on Thursday, October 21st versus the Dallas Mavericks on TNT, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The season opener is an obvious choice as far as early season. Why? Because it's the season opener. It's the Dallas Mavericks. It's Luka Doncic. It's, oh, remember the trade where Trey Young and Doncic switched places? That's old news. We're tired of that. Expectations are high. Excitement is going to be an all-time high for a season opener here in Atlanta. I can dare to say this is probably going to be the most exciting season opener for the Atlanta Hawks in recent history. That's not a stretch to say that. But once that first game subsides, what are the three very pivotal games for the Hawks in October? The Hawks only played six games in October, so there weren't a lot to choose from. And with the Mavs game out, that leaves us five games to choose from. So, number three, in my opinion, third most important slash game I'm looking forward to for me, it's the second game of the season at Cleveland on Saturday, October 23rd, after the home opener, as I said. That home opener is going to be tough. It's going to be emotional. National television. I don't, like I said, I picked the Hawks to win that game against the Mavs. And then you got to go on the road against a team that you struggled against last year. Albeit under Lloyd Pierce mostly. But the Hawks were 1-2 against the Cavaliers last year. And didn't win a game against the Cavaliers the year before. 
Right now, the Cavs organization probably think they have our number. They think that, you know, how the Knicks talk about the Trey Young stoppers. Right now, the Cavaliers seem like the Hawk stoppers right now. <laughs> As the last two years, they were. But it's time to right the ship. You have an opportunity to do that right out the gate. Hey, look at this. Let's say we beat Dallas season opener. Then you get revenge against the Cleveland Cavaliers and you beat them. And you got the Detroit Pistons at home the next game after that. That's 3-0. That's not far-fetched. In that fourth game is the next game on my list. The second most important slash game that I'm looking forward to, that's a mouthful, is that next game after the Detroit game at home, they travel to New Orleans for an ESPN Wednesday night game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, October 27th. To take on Zion Williamson, Brandon Negram, and the New Orleans Pelicans. My home team. New Orleans had a very interesting offseason. Very interesting. A lot of head-scratching moves. But as much as, you know, people are going to count them out, they're not counting themselves out in that organization. They had a really good draft pick in Murphy, who was one of my favorite guys, you know, in the draft. You at the power forward position was ability to stretch the floor. He looked great in summer league. Again, just like Jalen Johnson, we need to see him play alongside of NBA pros and see how he fits with this team. But I'm not counting New Orleans out. They're going to play hard. They got a new coach. I, I think they have a lot to prove this year, and they, they have to because of Zion and his future in New Orleans. That's that's a thing right now. So that's going to be a, a tough matchup in my opinion because Zion is virtually unguardable. B.I., when he gets going, he's virtually unstoppable with his size. So it's going to be a really fun early season cross-conference matchup in the Big Easy on ESPN. It's going to be a fun one. That's going to be one that I'm going to be really paying attention to um, in this early part of the season. And the number one most important slash game I'm looking forward to, this goes without question. The Hawks are about to return to the scene of the crime where we stole game seven away from the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's going to take place at the end of the month on Saturday, October 30th, the night before Halloween. Trick or treat. Is it going to be a trick? Or are we going to get treated with another dub in the city of brotherly love? We're going to see. It's going to be on NBA TV on that Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And right now, as it stands, this is my toss-up matchup. It could go either way. We don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. But certainly the Philadelphia 76 is going to have revenge on their mind when Atlanta rolls into town at the end of October. It's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be seen in a lot of markets across the nation. Obviously, the nation was treated to a seven-game series between these two franchises. Why not pick up where we left off in the early season contest on the road in Philadelphia? So those are my top three games I'm really looking forward to slash 
crucial games in the early part of the season. Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday, October 23rd, the game after the home opener at New Orleans on ESPN on Wednesday, October 27th. And then Saturday, October 30th, night before Halloween, we take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Lots to look forward to this upcoming season for the players I mentioned on this pod. Obviously, the whole team, the whole staff, for the city, for all Hawks fans here in Atlanta and abroad. And it's going to be some really fun early season matchups to take note of. And if you love what you heard from me, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody. I'm back. I'm back. Hootball Hawks is back. One of the hottest new podcasts covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, Atlanta sports fans, Georgia sports fans, NBA fans, basketball. It don't matter. If you have ears and you want to hear about the Atlanta Hawks or you know someone who want to hear about the Atlanta Hawks, hell, shove, shove this, send it to them via text. Shove the earbud in their ear following COVID protocols, obviously. But blow this show up because the Hawks are only going to get better, which means this show is only going to get better. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That's at HoopBallHawks. Remember the things I told you to you know, tweet at me about earlier? Here's my Twitter. At BradJarrett67. That is Brad. J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Feels good to be back in the booth. I know I left you for a bit, but you know what? I had to handle business, and now I'm back in the booth handling business. In about six weeks from tomorrow, the Hawks are going to be taking care of business here in the ATL versus the Dallas Mavericks. Rubbing my hands like Birdman, I can't wait. I will catch you all on the next episode of Hootball Hawks. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.